Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. We're going into a series today. Uh, we're, still, we're still talking about time is running out. We're in the book of Revelation. Uh, and today, I'll, if I had a second title, I would say that Jesus is encouraging us to be patient in our suffering. You know, uh, there's a question that came about, uh, you know, does suffering, does suffering make you stronger? You hear things like, you know, uh, expressions like what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Hmm. You know, or God doesn't give you any more than you can handle. I just want you to know that's not really the Bible verse. And so does suffering uh, make you stronger? Well, my answer to you is Sometimes, sometimes suffering makes you stronger. Sometimes suffering actually makes you angry. Suffering can make you tired. Suffering can make you regretful. Suffering can cause you to give up. So uh, I heard this one pastor say this. uh, Life is uh, 10% uh, what happens to you and 90% of how you react to what happens to you. This one family, I, I heard this story this week, I thought it was amazing. Uh, this um, family, uh, a child was born, was very severely disabled, and this person was talking to them and, and, and saying, well, you know, is this a gift from God? And, and I love their answer, and I wanna read it uh, so that you get this quote. I thought it was an excellent, excellent answer. It says, a child like ours is not preordained as a gift. They are a gift because we have chosen them to be. And I think that's how we react to suffering. And we're going to talk about this. Our, our choices and our attitudes and our reactions really determine uh, what we will become in and through suffering and how we will be able to be triumphant over suffering and we're talking about revelations and in the book of revelation uh, we know that time is short james says that life is but a vapor it's it's like a morning fog it's here today and gone tomorrow and uh you know when you get to my age or uh you know i know some of you think i'm old uh when you get to my age you know it seems like years just like this it goes so fast and in the book of Revelation, it says that, uh, you know, uh, that Jesus is going to come back soon. He can come back at any time. And, and so in the book of Revelation, Jesus is trying to encourage people like you and me and the churches during that time to remain faithful till the end and so that they will see the Savior not only come through the clouds, but they will see him in heaven high and lifted up. And so in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, we saw that, that, that Jesus reveals himself and it's all about a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I, I can't encourage you enough that you need to get a revelation of who Jesus is. And when you do, when you do get a revelation of who Jesus is, it'll be a lot easier to go through things. So in chapter one, he reveals himself. He talks about how he walks among the lampstands, the churches, how he's uh, over the churches. And then in chapters two and three, he writes seven letters. He writes seven letters. And in those letters, uh, he says things 
to the church. He's, they are actually letters of encouragement. Uh, sometimes they encourage them not to do things, and sometimes they encourage them to continue to do the things that they do. Uh, but he writes seven letters in chapters two and three. And um, in each letter, there's like a pattern. Uh, and if you read uh, Revelations 2 and 3, you'll see there's a pattern. The first thing that happens is that Jesus, the first thing he does is he reveals himself in a certain way to that church. He describes himself in a certain way. And then he says in the second part of, in just in every letter, he says, I know, like, I know what you do. You know, I talked about how Jesus walks around. Jesus walks around all our lives, and he sees everything that we do. God sees everything that we do. And he says, I know, meaning he knows what's going on. He knows what's in the heart of man. He knows what's in your heart, and he tells them things that he knows. And then, in number three, he praises them. He gives them a compliment, and, and, and there is two churches he does not compliment, and we'll We'll probably talk about those, but he gives a compliment to uh, all the churches, and then he gives a correction, he, he's a, a rebuke. He says, listen, you need to stop doing these things. And then he, sa- then he gives some advice as to how and what they should do. Uh, and then finally, uh, you know, he gives like a warning uh, that, hey, if you don't stop doing these things, this is the stuff that's going to happen to you. And then finally, he gives a word of promise. I love God because our God is a God of promises, and he gives a promise. And the main thing he always says, to him who overcomes, to him who is victorious, to him who remains faithful. And so this is what we're looking at. And today, I just want to look at two churches. I'm not going to go through all the description of it. But these two churches I thought were very interesting because these two churches are the only two churches of the seven that didn't get rebuked. I mean, you have to understand the picture. Get the picture now. This letter, the same letter of the book of Revelation is going around church to church. So every church is hearing every letter. And so here you are, you know, I'm sitting here. Can you imagine, you know, if we were all sitting in a congregation and Jesus, check this out, and Jesus showed up and he said, I've got letters for every one of you. And like you reach your hand out, he goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to read them from the front. Now, sometimes you would sit there and if your friend's name was called, you, you'd kind of like listen because, you know, but there might even be a stranger. Now here, all the churches knew each other. But if your name, all of a sudden he said, you know, this letter is to Pastor Don. You know, I, I guarantee you, the first thing I would do is, Yoop. you know, I'd listen because it's about me now. Not only would I listen, but I would also be aware that everyone around me is also listening. And that's what's happening here. And so these two churches, you know, to the church of Smyrna, to the church of Philadelphia, I'm sure when their name got called, you know, right away, everybody in the church sat up and, and you know, because I guarantee you that the churches probably didn't know what Jesus would say. He says some very interesting things, things that people are probably not aware of. And we'll talk about these in the next week or two. And so here he goes in the book of Smyrna, and he, Smyrna had already heard one of the letters, and, and, all, and you know, he heard like a rebuke, and so like, oh no, what, am I, what, what is God going to say about me? And God doesn't give a rebuke to Smyrna, and neither does he give it to the, uh, to the church of Philadelphia. And so these really interest me. And so I looked in them, and I said, well, what are the two things, or what are, the, what are these two churches, what do they have in common? And the number one thing that they have in common is that they remained faithful through suffering and through persecution. 
that's one of the, it is the top thing in both churches that you see that they went through. To Smyrna, he says, he says I know, in, in, in Revelations chapter two, he says, I know about your suffering and your poverty. So not only were they suffering, they were also poor in, in money, and so they were probably suffering that way as well because, as I mentioned before, there were times and places uh, where you couldn't even buy or sell at that point because you were not of something, you know. Uh, you were not part of the group. And so then in the book of Philippi, uh, Philadelphia, in the, ch- in the church of Philadelphia, it says this, you have little strength, meaning they, they, they like ran out of power. They ran out of power. And yet you obeyed my word and you did not deny me. And then he says later in that same letter, he says, because you have obeyed my commands uh, to persevere through suffering, through persecution, those two churches did not receive any correction. So something that they did that kept them remaining faithful brought such honor to God and to Jesus Christ that he didn't even rebuke them. Now, we know that they weren't perfect. We know everybody's not perfect. But this is the letter that we would want to receive, right? We would want to receive a letter that had absolutely no rebuke. And so I want to just kind of talk about this idea of suffering and what happened to them because as I, 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 I would say this to you, Suffering is kind of like a revealer. We're talking about revelation, which means to unveil or reveal, and Christ is being revealed. And so so suffering has a way of revealing. There's certain things in life that actually uh, reveal things about character in people, like, like power. Some people say that there's an expression, an American expression or an English expression that says, Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, it might take you a second to get that. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I say to you that that is an absolute false statement. That is so untrue, so untrue. Because if that was true, if power corrupts, and then absolute power corrupts absolutely, then God would be the most corrupt, because God has the most power. What it is, is power reveals. So if someone who, um, and I've seen this happen in, in America, someone who finally gains power, who in their heart had like some evil intentions, and all of a sudden, once they, they, they have that power, they do the very thing they've always wanted to do. See, that's revealing what's in the heart. Same thing with money. Money, uh, the root of all evil, uh, you know, they said money is the root of all evil. It's the root. It's not the cause. So there are people who are very rich. I know people who are very rich, and they love Jesus, and they're, and they're givers. They, the, the money did not corrupt them. But we also know people who money, once they have it, what is in their heart reveals. And so power and money corrupt. Another thing that uh, reveals is failure. Failure always, you know, when people are winning, you know, sports teams are winning, you never really see what character they are. They don't even know their character a lot of times because they're winning, and so when you're winning, you don't see the flaw. You don't see the problem. And so failure has, uh, you know, has a way of revealing. For example, there are those who fail like several times and then they give up. 
So it reveals that they didn't have the passion to really do what they wanted to do. Because someone who has passion and a desire that will not quit, that just no matter what happens, they'll keep going, it shows in their heart that that's what's in their heart. And so failure will reveal that. Um, you know, not, uh, not getting your own way. Woo, that's a real revealer, isn't it? Like even churches, we talk about unity. You really don't know if you have unity until there's a disagreement. So disagreement will reveal if there's actually unity. So, you know, and not getting your own way. Uh, James chapter four says, do we not, listen to this, do we not fight and quarrel because of the evil desires that dwell within us? See, we fight it because we don't get our own way. And so we want our own way. And so what happens is we begin to fight and argue. Why? Because we want our way. See, it reveals. Suffering is the same thing. And I want to read this verse out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says this. It says, be truly glad. And there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials for a little while. These trials, these persecutions, these sufferings, will show that your faith is genuine. See, suffering reveals whether your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests the pure and purifies gold. Th- though your, uh, your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through trials, it will bring you m- much praise and glory and honor in the day when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Remember I just said, the two churches, I believe God is so honored by these two churches that during trials and sufferings and, and persecution, their faith remained. They remained faithful. See, so their faith was, was tested and God saw that they were genuine. You know, we say, it says in, in Matthew chapter 5, it says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. You see, they're persecuted, but then they're doing right all through it. Even after they're persecuted, they do right. It says God blesses them for the kingdom of God is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. See, they're not, they're people who continue to profess and remain faithful even when people were mocking them. And it says, be happy about it, be glad. And then he says, for great is your reward in heaven. This is what we will see in the churches too. There's a reward uh, for those who remain faithful. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus says to Smyrna. This is something you need to be aware of. This is a church who is faithful, who continues to, to give testimony that Jesus Christ is their Lord. As I said last week, they are not bowing their knee to Caesar and saying, Jesus is Lord. They're not bowing their knee to the, the problems in the world. They're not bowing their knee to uh, the money who can be your idol and those things. They're not bowing their knee to any other idol. They're, they're bowing their knee to Jesus. And it says... It says, I know that you are suffering and your poverty, and your poverty. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. See, God sees way beyond uh, poverty. He sees way beyond suffering. He sees the heart of faith. And so he says, uh, you know, so today what I want to do is I want to share quickly a few several ingredients to help you remain faithful 
through persecution, through suffering, through trials. There's, there's, some, there's some elements. And, and so I just want to give you like three or four different things to kind of help you to remain faithful. Because we know, we know that, the, that there are times of, you know, suffering. And I believe that there, are, I believe this is just the beginning. I hate to give you bad news. Well, see, First Peter says, I'm going to give you good news. The good news is that any trials you're going through will reveal genuine faith. See, this is good news. And, when, and let me encourage you that during trials, if you lose your faith, if you, if you, if you say deny Jesus or you, you move away, then just repent and come back. And that is how you be faithful. One time in my life, I remember I was not really serving God. It was, uh, I had just became a Christian and I wasn't really serving God the way I should. And my life fell apart. It really did. It was a disaster. Uh, the two worlds that I was in, the, the one that was I was living like uh, uh, not a Christian and the one I was living like a Christian, they collided and God let them collide. And I remember my friend saying to me, he said, Donald, and he didn't even know what was going on in my life. He knew a little bit. He said, Donald, you're faithful. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I am not. I said to him, I said, I am not faithful. I haven't been faithful to the Lord. He says, Donald, you don't understand faithfulness. I was like, well, then you better tell me because it don't make sense to me. He goes, Donald, you keep coming back. You keep getting up. You keep declaring that Jesus is Lord. You keep raising your hands. You keep surrendering even after you fail. That's what faithfulness is. So I want to give you some ingredients. And the first thing, and, and, and we've kind of talked about this already. It, we, this is what Jesus is trying to do in chapter one. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Get a revelation of who he is. If you are suffering right now, then go into prayer. Fast and pray. Seek his face until you see Jesus high and lifted up. Because when you do, woo! Hallelujah. All of a sudden, the suffering will be nothing. That's what Paul said when he said, these present sufferings are nothing compared to the glory that is before us. Second thing is, it sounds so simple. Pray in faith and in the spirit. I really want to encourage you to pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the spirit, DM me. I'll help you. But I love this verse. It says in, in Romans, it says this. It says in Romans 8, 26, he says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, the Holy Spirit who is in us will help us in those times of trials, those weakness. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was helping the church of Philadelphia because Jesus says, I know that you're losing strength. So I know that they were probably crying out to the Lord in the Holy Spirit and, and praying in the Spirit. For example, he says in, 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 in Romans 8, he says, uh, helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray. I don't know about you, but during suffering, stop asking the question, why? Stop, you know, you don't know what you need. God knows what you need. Sometimes I just don't know what to pray, God. I have no idea what to pray sometimes. And that's why he says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groans. You know God understands your groans. If you're, if you're suffering and you've been groaning, God, he, can, he can actually can interpret that. He knows what you're suffering. He knows the groanings. And sometimes in prayer, just you need to just groan. You just let the Holy Spirit grow. It says groans that cannot be expressed in words. 
Sometimes you just need to shout. Sometimes you just need to cry. Sometimes you just need to go, God, I don't have the answer. I don't know what to pray. Let the Holy Spirit begin. And don't even try to interpret what the Holy Spirit is saying. Let the Holy Spirit speak. The Bible even says, Paul says, when your spirit prays, it edifies your spirit. But you don't need to know what it means. Let your spirit be edified. Oh, I'm, I'm fired up now. I'm jumping off the stage. I'm running right at you right now. For those that know how I do it when we get back in the other place. And I don't care if my knee is bad. I'm still jumping. Anyways, get me some stairs. Jimmy, get me some stairs. Anyways, it says <laughs> that we groan with uh, words, that, 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 that expressions are too, too deep for words. And the Father who knows our heart knows what the Holy Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us. And he pleads in harmony with God's will. We need to pray in the Spirit. Now, Monday night, I love what was said by Pastor Jeff, and I'm just going to repeat it. You know, you know that verse that says, you know, the mountain, if you, know, if you have faith, you know, sp- you know, speak to the mountain and it will be removed. I love what he said. You got a mountain in your way? You got suffering in your way? He said, did you notice that the verse says, the verse doesn't say, speak about the mountain. Stop speaking about the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. Stop talking about the problem. And I have this thing, I've shared it before, I'm going to share it again. There's three things. Stop complaining. First thing you need to do is shut your mouth and stop complaining. Trust me, complaining will just make the mountain get bigger. You'll magnify the mountain. Stop complaining. Start counting. Start counting all the things around you that you have. Start thanking God for your children. Start thanking God for the breath that you breathe. Start counting. Start counting all your blessings. Stop complaining. Start counting. And then stand and declare. Those three things, trust me, in the midst of suffering, you stop complaining, you start counting, and you stand and proclaim or declare. Trust me, when you do that, you'll do what I just did. You'll start standing. Because our God is a great God. Our God is a mighty God. Our God has fire in his eyes. Our God has bronze feet. Our God, hallelujah, has the the, the priestly sash around him. Woo! Wait till you see some of the revelations later in in, in the book of Revelation of who God is. He rides on a horse with names saying holy. Oh, I'm screaming, forgive me. Uh, Not don't forgive me, just get fired up. Stop complaining, start counting, and stand and declare. And then you have to continue. And, And for those who are going through long suffering, I know it's not easy. That, you know, whew, I know how hard that is. You know, because actually in, the, in, in, in uh, Smyrna, it actually says in Smyrna that they went through suffering, and then the Lord says to them, you will go through more suffering. So he's, he's saying, listen, you went through suffering, well, get ready, there's more suffering. And for those who are in prolonged suffering, man, uh, I want to pray for you. I'm praying for you right now. Lord, I pray right now for anybody that's in prolonged suffering, that Lord God, you relieve them with, with your salve, with your oil. Lord, you pour out your spirit upon them that they hear you. And I know how hard that is. And, and, and so to do this, and, and all of us need it, but I really want to encourage those that are going through suffering, you need to renew your mind. Because suffering has a way of bringing lies into you, 
causing you to um, just think thoughts that are not of him. And so you need to continue to renew your mind. And the, how you renew your mind is you keep reading the word, you keep letting the word uh, permeate or, or go through your brain. You meditate on thy word. Have I meditated on my heart? Day and night I meditate on him. You need to do that. Trust me, God will speak to you and he will set you free. Now, I have this feeling that, that, that Smyrna and Philadelphia, that Jesus was like standing and applauding. Do you remember Steve, Stephen, the apostle, or the, the, you know, one, of the, one of the guys in the, in the book of Acts early on when he went to the marketplace and he was being stoned? And here he was being persecuted and stoned, but he would, not, he would not deny Jesus Christ as his Lord. And what does it say? It says that Stephen saw... Jesus standing up and applauding. Trust me, every time you declare, every time you declare that Jesus is Lord in the midst of suffering, he stands, and I believe that he stands. And now we're going to look at this in chapter 4. I'm way off my notes, but this is good stuff. In chapter 4, we see heaven. We see him who sits on the throne and the lamb. We see, Trust me. Just think about what happens in heaven when all of a sudden the king of kings stands up. When he stands, I'm sure everyone bows. I'm sure all of heaven gives him glory and honor. And so he's standing for you when you remain faithful and true. When you declare him in the midst of suffering. I believe he's standing. And I believe that God is standing for the church of Smyrna and Philadelphia at this time, he says, I know your suffering and your poverty, it says in Revelation 2. I just want to read a bit of the letter to you. He says, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who are opposing you. They say that they are Jews, but they are not because they are, the, they are of the synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will, listen to this, the devil will throw you into prison and test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you a crown of life. This is another, um, this is another similarity between the two churches. Listen to uh, Philadelphia, the church. It says, I know the things that you do. I have an open door for you that no one can close. Remain faithful. An open door will come to you. And, and you have little faith, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews, but they are not, uh, to come and bow down at your feet. Those who are opposing you will bow at your feet. You just don't know when, but trust me, it will happen. And they will, oh, sorry, forgive me for yelling. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want you to think I'm yelling at you. I just want to encourage you. They will acknowledge that you are, uh, you are loved ones, that I love you. Because you obeyed my commandment to, uh, to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the world uh, to test those who belong to this world. He's testing the faith. It's all about testing the faith, whether it's genuine. He says, listen, he says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. Listen to what they have. 
because they went through suffering and they remained faithful so that no one will take away your crown. I love this. He's saying, remain faithful. Even, you know, you might be poor, you might be suffering, but you are rich in God's eyes. Don't be afraid. God will open up a door. Those who persecute, they will bow down at your feet and God will protect you. These are the things that God will do for you. And then he gives the promise of a crown. Now in the Bible, I just want to close with this. In the Bible, there are like five different types of crowns that we see. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, it says all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do so to win a prize that will fail, but we do it to win an eternal prize, a crown. A crown. God will give us a crown. Now this is referring to not the Olympics, but it's like the Olympics, that they would train so that in the end, they would receive a crown. And then we see a crown. Paul actually calls the people he leads to Christ. They are crowns, it says in Philippians chapter 4 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. He says, you are my crown. You got any crowns on this earth? Woo! I want to lay the crowns at the feet. Those who I've told about Jesus. Then he says there's a crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Listen, listen to this. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits for me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of return. And then there's a crown of glory. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, but, uh, and he's talking about people, leaders. He's actually talking about leaders. If you are a leader, he's, he, you have a crown. There's a crown for you. It says, if you lead them by good example, and when the good shepherds appear, you will receive a crown never of never-ending glory and honor. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. We are all leaders because we are examples and we are priests and we are examples in our workplace. We're examples in our homes. We're examples to our neighbors and we will either lead them astray or we will lead them to Jesus. And there's a crown of glory and honor awaiting those who lead well. And then there's a crown of life. James chapter one says, God blesses those who are patient and endure tests and temptations. See, it's all about endurance and remaining faithful. Uh, afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised those who love him. Now, I'm going to close here, and, and I just want to say this, that, that don't chase the crown. Don't chase the crown, because to me, it's not about the crown. It's about the one who gives the crown. I mean, picture yourself in heaven. Here you are after suffering and struggling, but you remain faithful. And I know I want this to happen to me. I come to Jesus and I, and I just kneel down. And he walks over to me with a crown and places it on my head. Don't you want that? Don't you want Jesus to come? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega coming over you. 
the one who walks among the lampstands, the one who sits on the throne and unto the lamb, walks over to you and puts a crown on your head and says, you have been faithful. See, it starts out by Jesus walking around the lampstands, placing his hand on you and saying, you are a priest, you are a king. And in the end, when you remain faithful, it turns around and he puts the crown on your head. Says, you are a faithful one. You know, I know you're at home and I don't know what you're doing. I'm going to ask if you're drinking coffee, stop. I'm going to ask that everybody just stop what they're doing. We can do this. We do this when we're together. You can do it now. I want you to get off your couches. I want want everybody throughout Bali to get on their knees. And I want you first to just follow after me. If you want to say this prayer, uh, you know, just follow after me. Lord, I declare you as my Lord and Savior. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the King over my heart, over my family, over my neighborhood. You are the king over this island. You are the king over this nation. You are the king over the eastern hemisphere, the western hemisphere, the north, the south. You are the king of all dunia. You are the king of the world. And Lord God, I declare in the midst of all suffering, I will continue to declare you as my king. I will bow my knee to no other. Lord God, we ask that you pour out, place your hand upon us right now. You pour out your spirit upon us so that we will have the endurance and the strength to continue to shine your light. Father, I pray for anyone right here, right now, who has never declared Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray right now that they would lift their arms up that they would get on their knees and they would say, Jesus, I receive you. I will follow you. You are my king. Lord, for those that already have declared this, Lord, I pray that you would bless them and pour out your spirit in them, that, Father, out of them would come these spirit prayers that they they would groan too deep for words. And, Father, you you would know what they're saying. And Lord God, you would answer their prayers, that you would protect them, and that you would cause those who are persecuting them to bow at their feet. Today, we love who you are, God. You are our king. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, I want to say to you, anyone here, if you have prayed that prayer, If you have never prayed that prayer before or maybe you've rededicated your your life, I want you to to declare it to the world, but also just put it in and say, hey, I want to talk to someone about Jesus uh, in the the comments and we will have someone contact you. We want to help you. We want you to overcome because to him who overcomes, hallelujah, woo, eternal life, (laughs) entrance into the kingdom and all these other things we'll talk about in the weeks to come. God bless you. Have a great day. Love you.